He was feed, I was getting ready to work out and he was feeding the cat and I so I could hear him from like two rooms away and he was like, What out? What do you want? Do you want some kibble? You want some kibble raw bread? That's if any of you get if any of you get another cat you have to name it that. Uh, that's an amazing bread. name. Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 66, The Rainwilds Chronicles, book one, Dragon Keeper, chapters 10 through 14. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I am Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, and I'm a new reader. All right. First up, corrections, omissions, announcements. Announcement, you can still order your copy of the Illustrated Ask Quest if you want. Only if you feel like it. I did get mine. It's got some nice illustrations, but no rooster crown. So if you're holding out for a rooster crown illustration, don't bother. Nah, I'm nervous to order it because it might just be another completely different <laughs> version of the books because I got the first one and it is nothing like the second one and now they just sit on my shelf and they don't even look like they're related. I didn't realize there was like a third illustrated edition. I mean, there's like the, there's the one that we got at New York Comic Con and then there's the, What's the the Folio Society one? I didn't realize there was a third company. Well, that, it's the same one. It's just a different cover. Yeah, it's like got a b- dust jacket cover rather than. Well, it's also the... a different publisher. It's like it's Harper Collins and something else, and then the one like the Royal Assassin that I got is not a Harper Collins publication. I mean, I have a different it has publisher it on like on the every there, single but... one of the editions of the books that I have for her. I don't understand who owns her books. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Nobody. Anyone Nobody. Can grab it. Her open source. <laughs> But yeah, it's got like instead of having a flat like square spine, it has a rounded one, and the lettering is foil instead of. Did you printed. get a UK edition? Weird. I I don't know. I ordered what I ordered. Well, I went back color? and looked, and everything looked like it was on the up <laughs> and up. I don't know. How do they spell color or blonde or? <laughs> what else do they spell weird? Gray. Like... But then there's also like I said, like the 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 pictures in that one are printed on like really glossy paper whereas my royal assassin one they're not on glossy paper but then the images in royal assassin the like frame around the artwork is colored but it's not in my assassin's apprentice it's like you're gonna have to fix that you're gonna have to fix it do you lie awake at night staring at it (laughs) (laughs) no i don't because it's in my just thinking about it but I do think about it, and it's just obnoxious. And I'm like, I'm I'm 100% not ordering another. I'm not going to have, like, a f- two copies of that fucking book. Like, that's I have dumb. five copies of that book. <laughs> Jesus well, I'm ass. just not like that. <laughs> just do it. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that. So buyer beware. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> buyer beware. Just get it from the signed page, and then they'll all match. 
All right, so then we have mailbag. So we got an email from Galley, and this one's really long, so I can't go through all of this. But um, one, there was a, they were mad that we were not trustful of Lefteren, but I think that since the last episode, we've kind of come back the other way on Lefteren. So I feel like that 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 email that part of the email has been addressed, but. There was I a, feel like a, I was the one who was not trustworthy of Leftron at first, but I will say now in this section, I am, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. Leftron is the only person in this whole book that doesn't exhaust me. <laughs> <laughs> what about Elena? I think, I think it might be because everyone else is between the ages of like 14 and 25, but... <laughs> Lester is the only person who, when he talks, I'm like, yeah, I'm down with that. And everyone yeah, else, I'm just like, God, <laughs> can you stop being jealous and uh, just obnoxious all the time? Okay, so when you all cosplay Rainwilds with me, you're going to be Leftrin. <laughs> sure. I'll be the Leftrin. I'm um, going to be a Gimpy Dragon. I'll... I'm going to be Tarman. So... Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I was I was surprised that uh, Ashley didn't jump for Tarvin, but yeah. And it's gonna look it. just like my shitty drawing. Yeah. <laughs> just some blank of wood with some googly eyes, some white cardboard with some sharpie on it. It'll be great. Rachel, you oh. were trying to ask me if if I've come around on Left Turn too, because yes. I was definitely also like questioning his moral fiber at the beginning. But <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I have come around on him. Um, also because he like he made it there's a throwaway comment he made in this section about how he he couldn't have done anything else like his chance to make a you know bunch of money like sailed when he chose to fix tarman but he's like i couldn't have made another choice which means he loves his ship so like i guess i'm i'm over the dead dragon it went to a good home and it went to somebody who loves it so <laughs> okay. it sailed <laughs> well and he points out that he has only killed I touch on this in my chapter he has only killed one person so I mean it's a pretty stand up guy <laughs> in it's this economy it's pretty good <laughs> um, and then the, the other thing I wanted to pull from this email was uh, uh, an enthusiastic recommendation for us to read cat's meat which we will. I think we said, I think we made fun of this, the phrase cat's meat when we were reading the short stories. Um, but that will come later when we read the rest of the short stories. So stay tuned. And then finally, we also got an email from Ashley who wants us to sort various characters into their Hogwarts house, oh. which TikTok <laughs> has told me is not cool anymore, but I am willing to do it. we will sing and dance for you we're all solidly millennials well maybe except possibly Alyssa. i don't know her age bracket but i think the rest of us are really (laughs) solidly millennials and we can just like kind of say we're gonna do what we want like i'm wearing my skinny jeans tonight right now like (laughs) my part is so sided you know, I have always bounced. I'm a millennial, but I have always bounced between middle and side. Depends on the day. When I wear my hair straight, I part it down the middle. And when I wear my oh hair gosh. wavy, I part it on the side. But I I'm gonna have send never you had all hair long enough to part in the middle. 
you could still do it and also look like an 18th century like carpetbagger like or I do. like so, an extra from boy meets world <laughs> yes like yeah that's or, some writer strong vibes Get i look that like flop. a tin type photo of someone unfortunate <laughs> I, I go with like the pre-Raphaelite, um, you know, sort of look because my hair is officially like down to my butt cheeks again. So, okay, but we're supposed to be sorting characters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh right, not sorting out our side parts this, and our generational affiliations. Um. I'm gonna start. I think Fitz is solidly a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I don't want him on my team. <laughs> I think he's solidly Hufflepuff. Why is he a Hufflepuff? Because he he is about he he is he wants coziness and he is yeah, really... but he doesn't get along with anybody. He's an assassin, <laughs> he and he doesn't get along with, with anybody. An assassin, and he has a, an undying loyalty to the throne. Okay, you tell me what he is if not a Hufflepuff. He's a Gryffindor. No, he he's barges not. I'm a Gryffindor. I, I can see. I recognize <laughs> Gryffindor. I recognize Griff when Griff is in the room, and Fitz does not have it. Yeah, him he's very good with poisons, so maybe he's a Slytherin. No, <laughs> he has you no know, ambition. <laughs> he has like he doesn't have the sort of brash like big dick energy enough. of Gryffindor. He's so stupid, and he's not smart enough to be a Ravenclaw. Like I'm sorry. Like I know Hufflepuff isn't isn't just the leftovers like we're all dum-dums no i'm just saying hufflepuff is like for the leftovers and the people who are about teamwork so he's not really about teamwork either so that he's kind of i don't know i think think that what's what we're really saying is that fitz is getting kicked out of hogwarts (laughs) yes he's yeah he's hagrid actually literally he might probably really accurate Well, this is Fitz is the groundskeeper. Now. I don't think we can keep going with this. This may could be <laughs> on the podcast. Let's just do the fool, and then we'll call it good. Ravenclaw, Dumbledore, the fool. <laughs> the fool is from that the other school. Which one? <laughs> no, the French the, one. The French, the French yeah, one. Yeah, books the bottom or whatever. Yeah, that the old girls. Yeah, bow baton. Bucks of bottoms. Wait, isn't there like a whole buttons thing in this universe? (laughs) Yes. Night Eyes could be from Gryffindor. Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) He's the the Gryffindor part of Fitz. Great, and I get his sloppy leftovers. (laughs) You get his... (laughs) (laughs) I think that Thick would put himself in Hufflepuff so he could be near the kitchen. Yeah, that's what I mean. He likes food. I'll take Thick on my team. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it for mail. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about Harry Potter in like four years. Yeah. God. Now, tell me. Still never finished those. (laughs) You never did. Well, you know what? It's It's not necessary. Okay. You're not allowed to now, I guess. Oh, I know. That was the problem. We 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 were reading them, and then there was, you know, a pandemic. And so we stopped meeting and watching the movies after we read the book. And, and then, then they imploded. Now it's too controversial. Yeah. It's just... I mean, you can read Twilight. them if you, used a, if you read a used version that provides her with no additional money. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ashley has them already, so I could read those. Uh, okay. 
Uh, oh, also sad news. I knew this was going to happen, but I was waiting to confirm. Our numbers have dropped since. Uh, <laughs> let them. They, I, you know, I went in and drop. I looked too, and they did. Since when? Uh, since we we moved on to the secondary series. So mm, this is the best yeah. one. Listen, <laughs> people were so excited for us to get to this. Where are they? Wait, dropped because minority. we went to this this quadrology or whatever yes. it is. Our numbers were higher when we were reading other bo- when we read the Fitz and the Fool books. Okay, yeah. but here's a question. Did the numbers drop, though, because there was the long hiatus? Cause it was, I was going to say. But clo- like we normally month, recover right? from that, though, and we're, we're this is our third recording. Yeah. Know, we have to see how today People does. People are but... sick of us. That's what it is. <laughs> is it me? Do I need to leave? <laughs> no. Everybody all all the fan mail was like, oh, we miss Elena, and I'm back, and now everybody's running away. I don't understand. Well, the problem is they also miss it's Joey, so it just the, seems to be you and Joey on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and some people just don't have a sophisticated palate for dragons and boats. That's right. It's the it's the it's the addiction of inconsistent reward. You never know if I'm going to be here or if Joey's going to be here, and so that's why like you it's know I yeah. I use different uh, colored icons to indicate it, and no one's commented on it, but it's. Mm. Mm. It's what I do. Uh, well, I noticed that we sw- that it switches between blue and white, but I didn't know why. <laughs> I'm not good at patterns. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, speaking of, it's never a good tester. Nothing important. Let's move on into this actual book. So I've got chapter ten. It's called Casserick. We open with Elise enjoying the night air on the deck of the Tarman and marveling at how easily the boat seems to navigate the treacherous river waters. Leftrin winks at the camera and tells her it's clever hull engineering. <laughs> so why are they, I don't know what the word is for this, barging? Pulling? <laughs> Pushing? Uh, Leftrin okay. is, is there, anyway, it's late. Why late? Because Leftrin is trying to get them to Kasserik quick because he knows how badly that Elise wants to see the dragons. And Elise is basking in the captain's attentions. They chat about wildlife and the river, and Elise has been showing Leftrin her sketches, and he gives her more local info for her scholar's brain. She's enjoying the flattering attention and the coffee while Cedric skulks around being completely miserable and awful. Elise is both (laughs) grateful for his company and flattered that he finds the attentions of Leftrin so objectionable. I think this is proof that Elise has never had so much male attention. Like, <laughs> even negative attention is good to her. So then Leftrin drops the bad pigeon-born news. Kasserik is sending the dragons away. Elise may not get to study them as she wishes, but he's hurrying her there so that she has some time. They will arrive tonight, and then Cedric immediately wants to leave and go find a hotel. But Leftrin is like, hotel? And Kasserik? No. There's no such thing. <laughs> You'd be best to stay on the ship one more night. And then Cedric says, quote, I hate the stinking tub and cements the need for one hell of a redemption arc for me to tolerate his dumb ass for one more page. <laughs> so now Cedric has been bunking in some. Oh, wait, sorry. Now Cedric has been bunking in some smelly cubbies while Elise is sinking into Leftrin's pillows. But that's still <laughs> no way to talk about Tarman. <laughs> Just like a man on this International Women's Day, Cedric decides to make his dissatisfaction Elise's problem. The fact that she's not just as miserable somehow worsens Cedric's plight, and wow, 
Tarman, can you just slide this guy overboard, like, right now? Just cant the deck a little and let him fall off. It's fine. <laughs> the next scene uh, sees Centara awaking from an elderly dream of sunbathing. Reality is obviously crap, and she's mad that she's not sleeping anymore. I detect depression. <laughs> That's me every day when I wake up for the last year. <laughs> but also... Don't be a Cedric, Centara. Things are looking up. Mercor's subtle machinations have borne fruit. Constantly chatting about Kalsingra and maybe how to get there around the humans has gotten you all what you wanted. A city-sponsored relocation. Resident elderling Malta has her doubts, but the dragons are resolute. And, uh, oh, and good thing Mercor is a planner. They will get hunters and tenders to help them on their way, because even though a powerful dragon shouldn't need any help ever, these losers will need some human assistance. <laughs> Centara hates this, but Mark, he's right. So there's a hilarious scene in which the humans get Callow to press a muddy footprint to a contract, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of like how they got Tintaglia to sign that contract in the other trilogy. Uh, they get Cowla to do it because he's the biggest, so he must be in charge. And the whole time Malta is yelling them, yelling at them that Kasseric traders don't have the sole authority to do this. But the dragons don't care because this is what they want. They're getting their way. Centara isn't excited, though. She sees it less as a second chance at life and more as a death of her own choosing, which is really sad. So... Back on Taraman, Leftern wakes Elise up at dawn because he's been asked to a meeting about moving the dragons right the hell now. And Elise obviously wants to go with him, and he, of course, allows it because he likes her. So Leftern feeds her coffee and French toast, and this is 100% a proven way to woo. I, too, enjoy being fed breakfast. <laughs> this is how to treat a queen. <laughs> then they are off to Kasserik, a town I imagine is the set from Hook, where the Lost Boys live, full of hanging bridges and counterweight <laughs> elevators. It's like summer camp LaFlorian. Elise, <laughs> Elise and Leftern have a little date of their walk to the Traders' Council. Elise gets morose because she feels like this is the end of her adventure, and the rest of her life will be spinstery. And then Leftern is like, wow, okay, your husband doesn't appreciate you. And uh, me, the reader's like, yeah, he doesn't. Then Lefter makes a finger pointing into the circle of his fist gesture and ruins it all, and I turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the trader meeting. Malta is there. Ooh, Malta. Elise is very impressed with Malta's use of elderling spotlights that go around the room. <laughs> Basically, the traders have decided and already spent the money to send the dragons upriver towards a possible new elderling city, and Malta can't do anything about it because no one knows where Tintaglia is. So, Leftern is hired to carry supplies and provide moderate shelter during flooding, and Elise volunteers herself as elderly expert and confirms that she thinks there definitely could be a city like the ones the dragons are speaking of, um, and if it exists, it's probably upstream. For this information, Malta agrees to allow Elise to be the impartial dragon council on the trip. Sure, she's qualified. And that brings us to bird news. Detozi has written directly to Eric this time. No pigeon backing required. Paid in full, for which I will now read the entire missive. That sneaking little bastard! He is too low for his own pigeons to shit on! 
as if the weight of our ink on the tiny corner end of a scroll is an added weight for the pigeons to carry. He is so self-righteous and always seeking a way to discredit me because he knows that if I am discharged, then his brother will probably be hired on my, in my place. I pray you, be cautious. Be cautious which birds that you use because if you've added a note for me, recall that all the birds that home to my coop are banded with red bands. Kim does not even paint his bands but uses plain leather, the lazy piece of dung. Love to Tozy. <laughs> I like Kesserick. It's not so bad. As long as you don't want a hotel. I yeah, I was going to say, it just seems a little more primitive. But other than that... They need, like, a good bed and breakfast to go with that uh, French toast and coffee. They need to work on their tourism if they don't even have a hotel. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> They've got some elderly shit there. And they need, a, like, a donut shop. Mm. That's... At least one donut <laughs> shop. Didn't they have one that was like the treetop cafe where they went and got food? I, oh, I think this place has good tea and cakes. Yeah, I, that's yes, what I that's mean. That's not a donut specific cake. No, <laughs> it's I'm donut just adjacent. About, like, they need a Krispy Kreme, hot and ready. <laughs> the light glows. You know, I'm just. I think that it doesn't sound that bad because it sounds like a more bucolic version of Trahog. Like, I don't see why people in Trahog don't go up there to like the way people in New York rent cabins. Yeah. <laughs> Upstate. Mm. A nice bedded breast breakfast and <laughs> bedded breasts. Yes. Bedded breast fist. I mean, why else do you rent the bucolic cabin? So, you know, really. Leftrin's bed and breasts. <laughs> do we think, do we think that There's an opportunity there. Cedric is a Hufflepuff. I think Cedric. Uh, you know what? You keep all of your trash people to yourselves. <laughs> no, why you need to be putting them all in my club? I think Cedric's a Gryffindor. Really? He's going to have that redemption arc? I just think, no, I just think that he doesn't think about what he's fucking doing and he's just going to do it. <laughs> Cedric smash. <laughs> I just love how he's like, we're, we're pulling into the dock. Okay. Well, okay. So we're going to leave immediately. We're going to get a hotel. Don't worry about it. There's got to be at least like a, you know, like a motel six or what's the one with the, with the I plane? mean, I will say if I was in his place, I would have been doing the exact same thing. I've been oh, like, yeah. I've been covered in bugs for three days. I want to sleep on smooth percale cotton sheets and soak in a bath. Like, <laughs> Yes. Well, he was also just so rude about it. He was like, I didn't expect you to like slumming it so much, Elise. And it's yeah. like, Oh, he's a little bitch for up. sure. <laughs> yeah. He like could he just like, wait until I'm... you're... Go ahead. Like, wait until you're off the fucking boat to, like, diss it. Come on, motherfucker. Yeah, the boat can yeah, hear you. Yeah, the boat you. can hear you. <laughs> exactly. And so can you... the crew members and the captain. You know how, like, like Paragon could, like... Important could like let water in and stuff like tar man's probably just pushing all the bugs on the ship like into his <laughs> into his bunk like fuck you say shit about Climate me call cookies. me smelly i mean i don't disagree with anything that like cedric is feeling about the boat and everything but he really does have poor timing oh yeah uh, well that and the and fact that he decides to like he just, he vacillates wildly between, like, his own misery and then, <laughs> and then being like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, like, the escort and the chaperone, and then being like, no, you're, I, you're disgusting to let this man slobber all over you, and, like, 
It's like, all right, Cedric. It's like he's just going back and forth between like, Elise is my friend, and she was nice to me I when I her. was, you know, like a pimply kid, <laughs> and then, you know, to like, I'm gonna run away with Hest, and I have to have this to do that, and then we have to go here, and we have to, I have to get back, and like, it's just, and then it turns him into a crazy person. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, I too like... would be crazy if I was forced to camp for that long. <laughs> he's also displacing like his anger at Hest and the situation that Hest put him in like yeah. toward everyone else in the situation and that's actually why I think he's being real shitty like at some point like just own the fact that you agreed to do this and be fucking gracious about it and make the best of it and stop being a little fucking titty baby Who's like, I need civilization, and I didn't want to be here. I had to be here. No, you fucking didn't. You could have told Hest, fuck you, I quit. Like, you did not have to come. Own your fucking choices, and then deal with it, motherfucker. I I mean, I also think that he's in a bit of... I mean, he's, like, not looking at things realistically. He thinks he's gonna, you know, pull off this heist and get rich and it's gonna convince Hess to go along with his dreams but it's I mean it's obviously not even if he can manage to pull off all the things that he wants to do it's not gonna work out for him yeah Hest has already told him why would I why would I yeah I mean this it's like so what yeah now you're rich too but you know what I can still do whatever I want because I am rich like it's not like gonna it's not going to change anything. It's not a cause and effect sort of thing. Yeah. But he's I don't, he's kind of like living in his own day, daydream right now. So it's not. Yeah, he is for sure. It must be so nice for you to sleep in the captain's smelly room and snuggle in his blankets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is actually. It's really nice. really like it. The captain also makes me coffee. The captain makes me coffee. And, and fried and bread. French toast. And French dream. toast. Honey. Tells me I'm pretty. Admires my drawings. Lefren has this game. Chapter, this chapter made me so fucking sad for Elise. That, like, she is so... Not, not, not just starved for, like, male attention, but starved for positive human interaction in general. But, like, then also, you know, starved for any kind of positive male attention. And it, at first I was just sort of like, ah, this is just embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for her. Um, but I think, I think later there's a section with Leftrin that actually made me feel better about all of it. So I, I also LOL'd at the part where Elise referred to Althea as the captain's wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Lefton was like, <laughs> "Okay, she would fucking kick your ass for that shit." He's like, "I'm gonna tell her that someday that somebody referred to her as Captain Brashen's wife." Watch her face explode. <laughs> More like Captain Althea's husband, bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's just immediately going to ask for a divorce or force Brashen to change his last name. Yeah. <laughs> change her name to Captain Althea. I, I just imagine Brashen laughing until he gets, like, knocked over the side of the ship. Right. <laughs> By Paragon, he, like, just, like, one of the, you know, I don't know what they're fucking called. One of the Bose Brits. 
the things with the the things that move. The boom. The boom. Thank you. <laughs> Just goes right by and slams into him. There he goes. <laughs> we gonna talk about how Malta's pregnant. Malta's pregnant. Oh yeah. It's like her eighth pregnancy, probably. <laughs> well, there definitely was a reference made to, but she and and um, what what was her boyfriend's name? Um, would give Rain. anything for a, a healthy baby. Yeah. So. Well, I'm like y'all are gonna be alive for like three hundred fucking years. Why are you? Why are you rushing this? Like. I thought it was scandalous. So many bad ones first. Yeah, it was scandalous that they referred to Rain as her fiance, so they're not married yet, but she's knocked up. I think Elise referred to her as his, as him as her fiance, so maybe she just wasn't updated. Yeah, because she's uh, definitely going around as like Malta Kuprus now, so like they're yeah, rain, I did not rain, catch they're that. Rain Wild married for sure. I thought they <laughs> got married in the last trilogy. I yeah. couldn't remember, but then I was thrown off when she referred as his fiance. So, hmm. Or, or maybe it, when when those things happened that Elise was referring to. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Was it was like a it was because she was uh, like historically the in the yeah. time of the yes. yeah her fiance at the time now <laughs> husband yeah one of those things. I'm I'm disappointed we didn't get to see Rain. I mean he's supposed to be he's the hottie of hotties and I don't get to see him. <laughs> I don't think Elise could have handled seeing him. With his... the, the elderling lights would have just exploded instead of like falling. <laughs> I did appreciate that Elise finally got to show off her all of her knowledge. Yeah, Yay! she did impress them by being the only person in the entire room of people who've been dealing with dragons for like five <laughs> years to read about them. <laughs> well, look how how the hell were they supposed to she read about them when the she was buying all like, the scrolls? Hey, Look at that map I liked that little bit of art history because she's like, do you see how the stairs are wide? What we can infer from this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, she sounds smart. I like it. So the the place where Fitz was was clearly Kelsinger. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> They're like, wow, we've never even looked at this tapestry. We never, we didn't <laughs> even notice that this was a map. <laughs> So do you think that when they get there, they're going to be like, this place sucks, there's a hole in it, and a map tower? <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> I guess, well, I mean, we really only saw it from Fitz's perspective. And, and as a Hufflepuff, like, he all... was very negative about it, you're right. He was also all fucked up by the skill. Oh, hold on. So, <laughs> and traveling, traveling through skill stones, so... I mean, no. they hunted animals, right? <laughs> there were animals there. Fitz and Night Eyes lived there for right a while. Now. They lived up in the mountains. He didn't live there for a while. He was like, there very long. They lived up in... Uh, I mean, I guess... I don't know how far the... Uh, the dragon's like, nesting... Or the stone dragon sleeping ground is from Kelsingra. Well, because he went he went to Kelsingra through the stone yeah. off of the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he he stayed up there in the mountains for a while. Yeah, but that wasn't Kelsingra. 
We don't know how far he traveled through the stone. I thought that they could see Kelsingra from the like landslide that they were traveling along. I don't think so. I don't think so. They had he had to, he jumped with the llamas the skill pillar. No, he had to go through yeah, the skill went... pillar. I mean, he comes out in the in like the square. Now, you guys, my cat is standing on top of the tallest piece of furniture she can get to and howling. <laughs> An icon. She's in the Kelsingra Tower. International <laughs> Women's Day. <laughs> Are you going to launch yourself at the ceiling fan? Yes. You're a little old for that. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, I think she's settling. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, so now we have to talk about Sinatra. <laughs> so she's very much like well okay i guess we're gonna leave and that and leaving is better than staying here but i don't care i have no hope she's very negative i mean i think she tries a little too hard to be to present herself as like super independent and <laughs> she just needs to like take the edge off a is little this bit. the burden of being a queen dragon she definitely has like sarah triceratops vibes from land yeah. before time you know, like, <laughs> she just is kind of like refusing brave. to be a part of the team you know yeah she doesn't know how to ask for help mm, yeah but, you know, fortunately, Murkor knows exactly how to ask for help in a way that <laughs> preserves his own ego. <laughs> I just want a, like, mo- full montage of every time the humans show up. They're just like, Kelsinger. Kelsinger? Wasn't that it's nice? Like, there's a human. Do you remember that place we used to go? Kelsinger? Yeah, where there were just heaps of money on the streets and... <laughs> <laughs> people could fly and so many flame jewels there were rockets to the moon and <laughs> and it was all very well preserved and well made I mean it would definitely still be around <laughs> <laughs> love it humans are stupid well apparently they are because <laughs> clearly they fucking fell for it well, they're also, I mean, living through a pandemic in New York and watching our our leadership spend money the way that they are, I understand that humans are, are stupid and they will do whatever costs them the least amount of money and the least amount of responsibility. So it's like, oh, do you mean that I can underpay some children and the dragons will go away and I don't have to deal with them anymore, even though it's not ethical? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds this is a winning plan for sure what we're gonna do yeah. I'm, I'm just i'm just still mad that we still don't know if shriver made it because there there are at least a couple other females like at least like three or four other females and i can't tell if i feel like any of them are her or if she didn't make it i feel like she didn't make it. i feel like centara is not one that we knew before Oh no! Like no, we definitely not. had her serpent name, and it was new. And I think I think her attitude 
is also like not Shriver because Shriver was like Malkin's, you know, biggest supporter and total team player. Yeah. I think this is an excellent question for the next time we see Robin Hobb. <laughs> who was who was Centara before? It was not Sasoria, but it Sisarqua. was like Sasarqua. Yeah, it was something yeah. similar. All right, Alyssa, take us to chapter eleven, please. I would love to take you to chapter eleven, which is called Encounters, which is what I would name a chapter that I didn't know what to name it. Centara <laughs> <laughs> has treated herself to a little spa day, and she hobbles out of that muddy river with all of the benefits: cucumbers on her eyes, a fluffy towel, and a slime trail. Oh. She opens her flip phone to leave a one-star Yelp review, though, because there was no hot sand or dust, and she is still infested with parasites. What a waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Centara surveys her kingdom of sunbathing dragons. (laughs) Each more pathetic than the last. Yep, still deformed. (laughs) Do you ever wake up in the morning? Anyway, I have knee problems now. It's fine. She's <laughs> she's busy starting a fight over Sestican being in her nap zone. Oh no, he Sesta didn't. <laughs> but then some humans begin to arrive. That's right, it's the 9 a.m. meat parade. <laughs> the dragons rush down the hill to devour the food while the dragon keepers watch and start stinking up the place with the smell of fear. Uh, Centara is horking down her food at the speed of someone who just got off her part-time library shift and went directly to Moe's. And very much like a certain Moe's manager, Thymara asks how the meal is from over Centara's shoulder and then immediately regrets it once she sees that her customer is unable to answer due to trying to swallow a burrito whole. This is a true story. Anyway, Centara is like, why do you ask? And Thymara explains that she was there when the dragons hatched, and Centara responds, are you an idiot? And a beautiful friendship is born. And Thymara asks how Centara is so certain that Curlinger exists, and Centara says, oh my god, I can't even look at you. (laughs) Thymara keeps eyeing the dull-eyed, more wormy, sad-looking dragons because this conversation is so bad that she would rather take care of a very naughty, terrible crocodile. (laughs) All of the other keepers are having great, or even just respectful, times with their dragon buddies. Jurd was cleaning her dragon's claws, and Rapscal and his dragon went out for a drink, and Thymara turns around and decides to go take care of the little silver crocodile instead, and thanks Centara for talking with her, but this is a bad move. The disrespect, (laughs) honestly, Centara puffs up like a spring bird. Quote, do you not wish to serve me? Do you not find me beautiful? Thymara is like, I mean, yes. And Centara <laughs> comes to the only conclusion that makes sense. Quote, this human is too stupid for dragon glamour to work on her. The next bit of co- the conversation goes something like this from Centara. What's your name? Rude if you ask me mine, but don't you want to know my name? Well, what name would you pick if you were to name me? Skyma? That sucks. What is wrong with you? Okay, you can call me that. (laughs) And then finally, you may be my new spa. (laughs) And then it's Tarman time. 
my favorite time of day. Elise left Trin and Cedric are aboard the Tarman watching the dragon speed dating go down. Quote, but they're just children, Elise says, jealous that these children get to be dragon best friends and that she's not down there weaving friendship bracelets with a dragon. And Leftrin mistakes her intent as concern and goes, oh, don't worry, those are just the mistake children. (laughs) (laughs) Cedric is pissed not about the children, about the fact that he is there because we are treated to a nice flashback of Elise signing away her time and Hess money to go on the dragon expedition. And when Elise has presented herself to Malta motherfucking Kruprus Navestrit, Malta took both of Elise's hands in hers, smiles queenly, and whispered, Don't trust those ho dragons, they're selfish liars. <laughs> <laughs> So they had finished up with the Rainwilds Parks and Rec Committee and Leftrin is like, what if I took you a date on a date around the city? And Elise is like, hell yeah. And they have a great time and they're heading it off in the tea parlor and making people turn their heads and Cascada's every time we touch is playing. And it's a middle school dance in there until she has to go back and tell Cedric that there's a new plan. Cedric is pissed and he takes it terribly and Elise doesn't give a dick. She's like, you know what? Studying dragons is in my marriage contract and it's Hess's fault that he hemmed and hawed about it so long that now the dragons have grown stumpy legs out of the muck, filled their gas tanks, and are a Roman. So here they are, <laughs> aboard the tar man, getting ready to escort the dragons to Kessersengrugzengra. <laughs> And then the gold dragon suddenly gets a whiff of something good and he heads toward the Tarman to nose at it and give it a little kiss. And Tarman is blushing just below his eyes. It's very cute. But Grigsby, the ship's cat, is having none of it. The dragon keeper kid comes to get him and Elise marvels after how gold the dragon is and oh, how the sun just bounces off of him. But the blue queen over there on the beach, she's just the best, most bedazzled dragon. And right on cue, Centara, the sky ma herself, lifts her head and is like, oh me? (laughs) (laughs) And in bird world... Tozy copied HR on her reply to Kimberly, like, excuse you, Kimothy, has it escaped your tiny little brain that my correspondence with Eric about bird was about bird health? And what are you going to do? Call the bird police? Good. I hope you do call them. And while you're on the line, you can tell them about how your birds not only die from snakes, but also you eat them, which is not only rude, but also illegal. (laughs) well you know i think look we're gonna just start with the birds because clearly that's the most compelling plot line um obviously obviously like detozi's feeling it she's got that like correspondence crush she's never even met this dude you know doesn't give a fuck doesn't matter she's like i'm feeling it and this motherfucker's trying to like uh interfere Uh uh-uh no 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 it's like, it's just like, excuse me. He doesn't even paint the bands on the bird legs. I mean, what the fuck? What a lazy asshole. Like a lazy piece of shit. Unacceptable. This Nobody takes care of birds like you do, Eric. I mean, Eric has like the good birds. He's got the, the pea flower and the fluffy you know, good plumage and those Jamalian mm-hmm. kings. 
and she and her nephew can like give her the down low like can tell her like what's really going on because obviously like that's where he's apprenticed so she's also got that like second set of eyes I but does do. the nephew have to pay for his postage probably <laughs> <laughs> well that's why they're so mad because like legitimately they are writing notes on the back of someone else's mail <laughs> <laughs> like, technically, technically they are breaking the rules it's fine but it's fine because like you know it's professional the, rapport like that sort of you know networking, networking. yeah that, that's what it's, that's what makes uh, the world go round I mean the older I get the more I realize how fucking true that is so it's pigeon LinkedIn yes yes exactly I, um, so Centara not making the best of connection with Thymara. I just like that she's just like standing there, just like swirling her eyes and like doing all this stuff. And Thymara's just like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Clearly, you don't like me. I'm gonna go away now. Do you need She tries to use like her glamour gas, and then the girl's just like, ew, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like it. I like Tamara because I too would not want to be susceptible to that bullshit. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> so so why do what does do we why do we think that is? Like does Thymara have too much dragon in her with like her fucking I was born with claws to be susceptible to another dragon's glamour? Or, not or is enough. it just or That's, not enough or Yeah. I don't know. My guess was yeah, it was something to do with the fact that she was born. Well know, what okay, but what all right. Dragon dragonology where do dragons get their powers to glamour you the moon the moon the silver water from that tank in Galsingra which which is a witch okay good chat she can hear the dragon she can hear the dragon so she's got that ability. But maybe she's proficient. She to dip her claws into skilling. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, like, if you're Fitz and you're trying to force someone to do something with the skill, and they're immune to it, what does what do you assume that they they're been stupid, or <laughs> or <laughs> that they also skill? <laughs> and- so she's definitely gonna grow a tail (laughs) (laughs) if she takes a bath in the silver well does she become a dragon would you would you guys take a bath in the silver well if she's like one of those dinosaur capsules if we dunk her in a glass of water overnight (laughs) she grow into a dragon look we know Selden's gonna be into it if she does so like she's oh, I already said from the straight away, she and Selden are definitely going to get together. <laughs> You're my dream woman. If he ever comes out of hiding, because we don't know where the fuck he is. Nobody does. He's looking for Tintaglia. <laughs> He's just cool. going around the world being like, Tintaglia, Tintaglia. <laughs> He's like, shut up. <laughs> He's like your character from that game. Gavon! <laughs> like, just like, running around. 
<laughs> she's not back when yet because she's just trying to hide from his annoying voice. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we hit record, I'm like, you know, I hope Ashley sings the Tintaglia song. <laughs> it is a highlight. Always. Never gets old. What do we think about the name Sky Ma? Sounds like a roller That's coaster. Awful. Sky Ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sky Ball. <laughs> Centaurus I mean, like just always meaning. bothering people trying to sell them weird gadgets. Uh-huh. <laughs> Long I mean, ornaments. I like the meaning of it. It's it's like this beautiful flower that's also super like deadly. And so I can see why the dragon's like I'm into it, but like as a name it's horrible. Like like yeah. aesthetically it's like the worst. I kind of like it. Okay, I don't dislike it that much. I don't, it's easier I don't like to say the mouth than feel, but whatever. We didn't mistake Sky Ma for Sinatra, so true. I thought it sounded like a like a roller coaster that you'd stand in line at, to, at <laughs> Realm of the Elderly's world. <laughs> That's true. So I liked it. It felt like money. The mouthfeel for me was the same as when I say money. When you bite into a fresh (laughs) sack of cash. (laughs) Sounds like. Yep. Is that in is that in the Kelsinger section? Yes. (laughs) That's how you get there. You you have to be brave enough to get on the roller coaster, otherwise you're not going. Or you can take the lazy river, which takes forever. The only the only way you get there is by (laughs) hearing enough dragon talk to figure out where it is. You have to throw yourself out of the uh, out of the roller coaster at the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> horrible! That'd be so horrible. The worst, worst ride ever. Don't do that. Uh, okay. you, will, you will have no insurance so underwriting, like none. Um. So we got to talk about Cedric. Cedric sucks. He's the worst. I hate him. <laughs> The wettest of blankets. Yes. Well, he's. You're right. I'd rather talk about at least just being like, "Fuck you, I'm doing this." Yeah. You were paid. You were being paid to be here to assist me, and if Hest didn't like it, he shouldn't have fucking married me. The end. Like I loved that. I loved that moment. Well, the farther away she gets away from. From yeah. uh, Bangtown, like it seems like the more the more powerful she feels, but I don't know if that's because she feels more powerful, if she or if Hess just feels farther away. I would also suggest oh. that she's hanging out with someone who is actually like appreciating who she is, and that going back to that whole Winnie the Pooh philosophy, friends make you more of who you are. She's hanging out with Leftrin, and he's like complimenting her, and yeah. like you're smart, and you're a, you are a scholar and like your your art's great and like you're funny and someone likes you for your like spending time with you someone's choosing to like you know be derelict on duties a little bit so i can like hang out with you like she has a hype crew and it feels good and it feels good she's doubting herself less because of it Mm -hmm. yeah as she should be like there's nothing wrong with her bingtown sucks she's speaking of herself as like uh you know 
an ugly spinster with nothing to offer and suddenly she has knowledge that people need and a function she's like hey i read things no one else does yeah and it's also a little bit of like she gets to be who she wants to be because none of these people really know her so when Mm -hmm. she was like yeah and i'm authority on dragon shit in in bingtown and that's that's what i do and she's like i don't know if anybody in bingtown would agree with that statement but like these (laughs) motherfuckers don't know me so that's what i am yeah well, and, and it's also like she's she's stopped being a side character in Hest's story, and she's like, you know what? No, this is my story. This is my life, and I'm I get to be the I get to be the hero of my life, and I'm doing it. So it's a little bit of that vibe too. But poor Cedric did not sign up for that. <laughs> but he did sign up for it. Like you he know, was what? forced into going. But... He enslaved himself to Hest a long time ago. He. Mm-hmm. They do not have an equal partnership, and he wasn't willing to stick up for himself. Is this what's going to happen? Are we going to go camping in Sweden when lockdown is over, and everyone's going to be like, it's only going to be a two-day trip, Rachel, and then we're going to get there, and it's going to be like a <laughs> month. We're go- doing it for a month, and we got to walk, and you can't, there's just no water. And- <laughs> I'm trying. Rachel, no I'll be water. right there with you, though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is on, like, an island. There will be water. I don't. I don't think any of us are actually outdoorsy enough for that. Well, it's a very. Oh, I totally am. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. absolutely yeah. hold it down outdoors. I love. If camping. you build me like a nice cabin with indoor plumbing in the forest, then I can go. Let indoor me be plunge. clear. Hell, I had to shit in a bucket <laughs> when I painted my bathroom floors. I got the little the little to go seat and everything. I'm good. Let nope. me be clear. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it's not that I could not handle it. It's not that I have not done it. It's that I would not willingly do it. I don't want to put my myself through that. My thing is that I want to do it, and I'm enthusiastic to do it, and then my body fails me, and I fall down in a heat stroke. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just you... don't want to. I'll make you me. a sling and carry you. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be like, like, where's Rachel? I was going to say, I'll, I'll pull a... Uh... I'll, I'll pull an emery and just like sling you over my back. You're gonna have to because carry I, up that fucking. I'm, we'll just I treat you say... like uh, sugar cakes and put you on the sled and we'll just drag you everywhere. <laughs> I will stay in a hotel nearby and make day trips to visit you. You're gonna have to get me helicoptered <laughs> out of there. <laughs> the helicopter will be Tintaglia. Tintaglia. <laughs> It'll be very blue and silver and shiny. Well, just make sure you bring like some a silver bodysuit, so when you like stand there on the slope and pretend to be Selden, like they can see you. <laughs> <laughs> so you can reflect light and blind them. So, I'll write <laughs> help and little sticks, and then all the squirrels will take my sticks, and then help. <laughs> uh, uh, are we good? Should we move on to chapter twelve? Chapter twelve: Among Dragons, Cedric is shocked shocked i tell you that elise made a decision on her own and treated him like the help he is being paid to be he thinks a lot of spiteful things about the dragons and fantasizes about her humbly admitting she was wrong for thinking they would be anything more exciting than disco cows he can't even about left her and ugh he is such an unmannerly troll who does nothing but laugh and tell her she's the most beautiful woman he's ever seen how provincial and pathetic how very not scornful and withholding hest who is ob's perfection itself after a heartsick reverie about hest laughing it up with his new bosom bows butt cheek bows cedric realizes elise is talking <laughs> 
to one of the dragons. He can't really tell them apart and has no idea how Elise knows one of them is female. And before he knows it, she's off the barge and expecting him to come along and play scribe. He takes the time to make sure his preservatives are hidden away in the desk and roll up his pants because, God forbid, he end up with dirty pants while he's on a barge, unable to wash clothing for, you know, the next few months, cursing the old walrus and the goat man and that rogue Leftrin for actually supporting Elise's goals and treating her like a competent adult who can walk across a muddy beach. What an asshole. Cedric says it out loud and gets a growl out of Tarman, whose eyes are totally watching him and passing judgment. Cedric watches Elise coo to the dragon and like he fantasizes Hest would coo to him and it seems to do what she asks but Cedric just hears broken wind instruments and moves. The lizard girl with snakes for hair does not like him any better than the dragon while Elise feels sorry for him because he doesn't have the imagination to make up the dragon side of the conversation. The lizard girl says the dragon thinks he should leave and Elise tells him he can't be of use to her if he cannot hear both sides of the conversation, he can go back to the ship. She'll be fine. He realizes she's genuinely concerned for his feelings and feels guilty for being mad at her. Thymara has a moment of hot jealousy at the way Elise and Skyma are bonding, but being a practical sort of girl makes herself useful as a keeper by going fishing. Being also not an oblivious idiot, she goes to the muddy hidden edge of the river to wait for a fish. We get some glimpses of team bonding and how well that's going under Gref's leadership. Haha, <laughs> he's making everything needlessly dramatic and as quickish as possible. Jared and Tats have, bon have buddied up and Rapscal has been hanging onto Thymara like a tick, including to sleep next to her. And how dare Tats try to make an actual friend and answer the questions Thymara had never asked him so he didn't get any ideas thinking they were friends or something. Ugh. <sighs> She smears a big-ass rainwild catfish, half as big as her, only to have a flashback to her mom pushing her off the tree when somebody grabs her. But she's not armed with a spear for nothing and smacks a motherfucker in the guts with the blunt end while the fish is flopping all over the speary end. Tats is suddenly there with a knife and a hand, not that she needed help, thank you very much, and poor dandy city boy is still clutching whatever part she hit. He was trying to help her to not fall. And he wanted to apologize for his earlier rudeness and ask if she might be willing to act as his translator for the dragon so he can do the job he's there to do. She and Tats both explain that, yes, they can legitimately hear the dragons, and Tats reveals that he has hopes his green queen will fly someday. The dragons keep growing, see, and she's perfectly formed right now, even if she's small. So Thymara has two females now to fight for his affections. Not that she wants them. Ahem. <clears throat> Thymara agrees that she will try to help Cedric to not be, not to be in his debt, but to be in Elise's. She knows who has the pants in that arrangement, and like the queen, Sistara is training her to be, or Sintara, sorry, that's a typo there. Uh, Thymara has no interest in the debts of underlings. Uh, in the mail news, uh, Kim, I am not so a narc the narc fakes outrage over Detozi's rebuke of his nosiness and tries to act like he was the fucking victim here and not quote someone who was petty enough quote to enforce such a trivial complaint i think he needed smelling salts to recover from his swoon at the shock of having been called out kimothy <laughs> total <laughs> they did send back a letter that was just <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> I love this whole, like, 
to go to extend our Harry Potter meta- metaphor, the care of magical creatures class, where everyone like arrives and is trying to like find their dragon partner, and then you've got Elise like trundling up, very much like uh, what's her name from Tarzan, <laughs> Jane. That's her name, and. <laughs> And, you know, and like, and like Cedric's got his little like lap desk and she's just like ruining that whole like organic like relationship building by just being like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like arriving and like, tell me all about yourself, dragon by Mara's like, actually, I don't. Okay. All right. I'll just go over here. Yeah, it is. Um, it it is sort of funny to see Elise from the different perspectives because, um, you know, like Thymara, Thymara keeps it real. She's like, "What is this fucking fancy bitch doing here? Like, <laughs> why is she coming hey, up she here?" She brought split skirts with her. She at least did that. <laughs> like, why is she gonna come up here and like talk talk to my dragon with all these compliments and like make me look right? like an asshole? <laughs> I don't have that. Well, yeah, she immediately, like, adopts that, like, cadence that Selden has, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, beauteous one, tell me about yourself. Gross. The most gorgeous I beast. I, I feel like that might have something to do with the glamour. Um, and, I mean, yeah. I know, I know. It's... Well, yeah, later she's like, I'm being glamoured, but oh well. Yeah, like, yeah, I think it's the I next like chapter it. where she is obviously aware of it, but, like, maybe that's part of it, is that it, like, it brings out, like, that particular, like, everybody's inner, like, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer day? <laughs> I love that Tats is, like, my dragon's gonna be good someday. I'm just gonna feed her really good and brush her really well and give her hugs and kisses. And make her spread her wings out every day to make them grow. Exercises, exercises. We must do our exercises. We must, <laughs> we must increase our every best. morning. Gotta do the Jane Fonda tapes. That's the way to go. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so can we can we talk about how Cedric just like is a total turd and how Tarman is like now be, kind of becoming this like shorthand for this character is an asshole and this character isn't based on how they react to his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a mask of judgment, you know, and it's really just a projection of of what you're of, of yourself. <laughs> so Rorschach, you look at his eyes. Mm-mm. Yeah, and if you think he's, like, wise and kind, then you're a good person. And if you think he's, like, judgy and suspicious, it's because you're a dick. Like, Cedric's a dick. <laughs> I do not like him. Yeah. I'm telling you, Tarman is sending the bugs into his, into his <laughs> <laughs> I hope he is at this point. Shit. <laughs> it is very much like a high school YA. Like, this, you know, I mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I really do. I I am not a YA hater. I, I really enjoy the genre. And I like I like the, not just that these are shorter and easier to read, but I just, I really like that they're really emotionally driven in a way that's not torture emotions. <laughs> the way that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way that, you know, because Fitz is just like the emotions of adulthood, which are horrible. Adults just shouldn't have them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every time I hear 
the name Greft, I feel like I age. I feel so <laughs> old every time they talk about Greft. Yeah, well, Greft is like the bad kid that has to cause all the problems. Greft is like the like seventh year senior that just hangs out in the hallway. <laughs> and thinks he's the authority and... Tells the kids how it is. He's got a leather jacket. Everybody Over thinks a... he's cool because he's 20 and he still has He wears a leather jacket bitch. even if it's 85 degrees outside. It's just never taken For off. sure. It's got scales on the back. Mm -hmm. Does anybody want that jacket? You guys want a graft jacket? <laughs> <laughs> you can buy it at the one. gift shop. Someone's getting a snakeskin jacket. I'm going to find one. Um... <laughs> Uh, what else we've got? So everyone seems to be falling into their roles. Elise might be contemplating divorce. <laughs> <laughs> As she should. I just, I, I can't get over, like, how Cedric is, like, keep like how he keeps like talking about left and he's like he's a troll he's a goat man he's like <laughs> like so, he's just, like every a man over the age of 30 with facial hair <laughs> right like he's like yeah. god what would he think of this a troll a goat man <laughs> he's a satyr he's a you know a, lo a, lusty a lustful interloper well i mean they actually they he, wrote on the paragon so they know. I was say, did he say what he thought of Paragon? I forget. No, he didn't because he didn't. He was mad. He's already predisposed to not like Paragon because Paragon didn't want to talk to him. But secretly in his journal, Paragon, like me, enjoys IPAs. Very handsome. <laughs> handsome shit. He looks tough with that obviously broken nose. <laughs> Well, the dragons seem much more tolerable now than they were when they were just mud-sucking worms from the beginning of this novel with the puking and the regurgitating. Yeah, I'm real, I'm real mad that it took the humans this long to, like, figure out they could help them and to, like, not have parasites and to clean themselves off. You know, it, it's, like... They just didn't care before. They were Nobody just... wanted to. I think they were just hoping they would die and they yeah. didn't have to deal with them I think they're also anyone. scared of them, for sure. Like, that too. They did almost eat a few people when they were being hatched. Definitely ate grandma. They, yeah, it really does feel... It's like... You know how when you're... We, I was forced. I did not read this book willingly. Grapes of Wrath in, like, ninth grade. And it's just torture because it's just like people are hungry and filthy and doing horrible things to survive. And I'm like, that's what these dragons are doing. And like their egos won't allow them to like really fully admit to themselves how bad it is for them. So in a way, there's like a buffer for the reader. But if you think about it, like it's awful. They're like in a mud pit, half starving. People are dying around them. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. They don't have the resources they need. They don't have help. They have their memories to torture them of how they could have been. Used to be perfect, and now they just sit around and wait for rotting food. 
Right. Yeah. And and they're being eaten, you know, eaten from the inside out for, like by parasites some of them and like it's just and they felt they also feel like they have to trick the humans into helping them. One because their egos won't allow them to actually ask for help. But two because <laughs> this help wasn't offered so it's kind of like they're not really trustworthy like caretakers anyway yeah i feel bad for them which is like wow i feel bad for dragons come along i do until they start talking and then i'm like oh my god i hate you which is my chapter (laughs) i'm with cedric i just hear moos and i feel sad (laughs) sad cows moos that was so funny Every time he said boo, I was like, ah, <laughs> dragons sound like cows. Amusing. <laughs> do they have big cows eyelashes? <laughs> yes, they do. Because cows have big eyelashes. <laughs> you think they put their tongues up their nose? Not now when the sake is hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we go on to the next chapter? Yes. Sure. Chapter 13. Suspicious. Uh, so this chapter opens up on the tar man with Lefteran feeling the warm and fuzzies as he puffs the sweet, sweet scent of Elise's flesh upon his pillow. <laughs> and he knows there isn't a future God. with her, but he's going to enjoy the butterflies while he can. Because honestly, it's one of the best feelings, right? Like, let's just let, let him. So Lefteran starts his day by choosing a fresh, dirty shirt, and then he feels a warning (laughs) tingle that there's a stranger on the loose, and upon investigation, he finds a letter from what I in my head say, Sinead. (laughs) (laughs) Because why not? Um, Happy St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) So from Sinead, the mob boss, telling him um, there aren't any coincidences, a new guy will be popping by, and if he doesn't get what he wants, then Lefteran and his family will be swimming with the fishes. And Lefteran is annoyed that instead of continuing to crush on Elise, he has to now contemplate the possible murder of a new guy, whether to use the candlestick or the rope, and how bummed Elise would be if she knew who he really was. He then spirals into a self-worth black hole and is like, well, at least I've only ever killed just one person before, which is quite the accomplishment because I've murdered at least seven people myself. I lost count somewhere along the way. <laughs> At the Dragon Keeper camp, everyone is rising and we learn the politics of who sleeps where. And apparently Rapscal likes to cozy up to Thymera and even draped an arm around her once, but she didn't give a fuck. Greft is still a turd trying to be the de facto ringleader of the misfits, but it seems not everyone thinks he's a cool guy. And um, what he really is is a predatory shitster that takes more than his share of the breakfast gruel, and I really hope his dragon ends up eating him. At breakfast... <laughs> The two unclaimed dragons are discussed, and Tamara says she'll tend to the silver-wounded one, and Tat says that he'll take the dirty copper one. Apparently the silver one is a dum-dum because he slept cozied up next to the barge last night, but he was probably just wooed by those sexy painted-on eyes. That's Some right. asshole named Alam says the two dragons aren't fit to survive, and Thymera claps back with a, well, that's what that hoe a midwife said too, and look at me now. <laughs> and then all the poor kids reminisce about the poor food they ate back home. And it sounds like when me and my sister talk about our regular childhood dinner of macaroni and egg. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cedric interrupts Brecky to ask that for Thymira's translation assistance because Elise has overstepped her bounds and is yucking it up with Sky Ma already so early in the day. 
and as she's off to help, Greft tries to establish his authority over Thamara about tending to the silver dragon, and my girl is not having it. She's like, I'll do what I said I'd do on my own time, Greft. No one put you in charge of me or of the dragons in general. I didn't hear you volunteer to take on an extra dragon, only Tats. And then Tats offers to help and gets caught in the crossfire, and she's mean to him too, and I wish she would stop doing that. And Cedric apologizes for starting the drama, and then Thamara drops the hot goss on Greft and his pissing contest for authority, and it's just teen drama. And she's all, why does he have to do that? And Cedric says, maybe because we let them be that way. Mm-hmm. Self-reflect there, player. So <laughs> Cedric offers to help Thamara doctor the silver dragon, and she's super caught off guard because this guy wears lace and has no calluses, and she's a little suspect, but she agrees to it, and it turns out Cedric is a hustler, y'all. We <laughs> bounce over to Elise, who is trying to get some memories out of um, Skymaw, and Skymaw is p- playing her really hard. She's just glamoring the shit out of Elise, who even kind of knows it's happening but can't really do much about it. Then the dragon breakfast arrives and Skymaw leaves her in the dust with no answers. She's suddenly reminded of how awful Hest would make her feel sometimes as well. And Elise tells Cedric and that girl, and honestly, like, why can't she fucking learn and use Thamira's name? She's always just calling her that girl. And um, <laughs> she's telling them that she's exasperated. She doesn't think she'll ever get an honest dialogue going with the dragon and is thinking that maybe she should just give up and quit. And Cedric is all like, oh gosh, well that just sucks, but you know, I'll, I'll guess I'll get our bags and we can just piece back off to being town right after I help the mirror with that silver dragon. And Elise is like, what the fuck are you talking about helping her heal a dragon? You don't even pet your own horse. And so now she's a bit sus of the old setting as well. But Elise decides to tag along to see if the sil- silver dragon is up for a chat. And then the chapter closes with a message from Detozi to Eric, and it's the fucking best thing I've ever read. <laughs> with a copy of Elise's signed contract for her Rolls Dragon and detailed expenses, but Detozi also writes a scathing letter about our old friend the Narc in code. It says, In my official capacity of bird keeper for Treyhog, I'm relieved to tell you that the exceptionally ugly bird that was vomiting on itself after eating its own droppings has apparently cured itself. There is no danger of the contagion spreading to either of our flocks. Saw's mercy on us all. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Exceptionally ugly bird who eats his own <laughs> shit. Yeah. If Eric did that was like... BCC to Kim. That was <laughs> <laughs> if Eric didn't like fall out of his chair and like pee on himself laughing when he read that, he does not deserve her. Right. Just saying. I'm just so invested in their romance. I love the shade. Tatozi can lay it out, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Surely there were more mistake children. Some of them are helping. Some of them yeah. are not. So Greft is trying to make it a Lord of the Flies situation, but it's not. <laughs> Other not people going aren't so buying well. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just really don't understand how these kids are going to be able to kill enough food to feed dragons. <laughs> 
I'm seeing like baby elephant size, like large baby elephant sized. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking bigger than that because when they first came out, they like were big enough elephant? to like threaten threaten big. adult human. And they have grown. I mean, like the They've grown one, quite like, a bit since like... then. They've grown for five years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they've I mean, grown that much. My cat threatens me on the regular, so. I think. The silver one might be a baby elephant, but with like a broken tail. Yeah, I was thinking like rhino. That's what I was thinking. You think you could fit 12, 12 dragons no, in your no, New York living room? No, she's saying one of them, like any of oh, them. Oh, one of them. Any I thought of them. you said all of them. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Wrong it's series. not like blue eyes white dragon <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah I, I've I'm I mean I've been picturing them as essentially like at most room sized in length and definitely not like in girth so yeah so maybe like elephant to to oliphant size but Oliphant's real big. I don't. I don't know. I've read an extra chapter ahead, and I feel like I've got some more information on their size. But mm. I think that you're. I think you're right. Like living room could hold any of them. That's that's too bold. That's not. <laughs> no, not the dragons that I'm thinking of. Oh. <laughs> uh, Leftrin and his pillows. <laughs> he <laughs> is the pillow sniffer. He has he is crushing so hard on her and I just I kind of love it for him because honestly yeah. it's a really good feeling when you have a crush like that on somebody. Like it's kind of He's really special. Doodling their great. names together. It in it, it, it made me like him cuz he's not cuz it's not cuz it's not like nasty. You know? It's not just like oh she's a, you know, hot redhead wonder if the curtains match the drapes kind of thing. Um, Ew. you know, like he's not being gross about it. Like he <laughs> legitimately like likes her and like has all the romantic, like sort of giddy feelings too, you know, it's, it's really yeah. sweet. And it's I'm like and in I'm, a very pure, genuine. Yeah. And I'm happy for yeah, her because she fucking deserves to have somebody her. who actually likes her for once. Like she deserves yeah. that. It's nice. Right. Yeah, he's, he's not like he's not like one of those guys who says they want a smart woman, and then when they meet one, they're like, "I was just kidding. I, I want the dumb one." 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Left turn is, is presenting as a man, which is nice. Like, not a boy. Uh, what else? Cedric, though, is not a man. Cedric is a little baby. What did you call him? A TD boy? I called him a titty baby. A titty baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody else called him anything. I called him a titty baby. <laughs> that was the word I was looking for. All right, then. He's getting hella shady, though. He's just yeah, he's frustrating as plan. any of these teenagers. So this, what's really sad is that one of Joey's favorite movies from his childhood is Pete's Dragon. And oh, one oh favorite, dear. One of his favorite characters is uh, the medicine man character. Who oh. All, oh, man. Okay. All they want to do is take the dragon and chop it up. <laughs> oh my god there's an insane there's an insane song that they sing that's like 10 minutes long all about all the things that you can do with dragon parts and how much money they're gonna make and <laughs> oh my god. the See, refrain is like money 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 by the pound, by the pound? So, yes <laughs> oh my god See, okay, the song I got a bill of sale right here gets stuck in my head <laughs> too often for a movie that I haven't seen since. <laughs> this is what my childhood brain chose to learn instead of math or science. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, which one are you using now, girl? Which one are you using now? Right? Well. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to look it up. Oh, I'm a girl. I'm there for it. I've already found it. I love, like, oh, my God. The fucking quack doctor. Oh, I can't believe I remember this movie. So those of you who have not seen this, the uh, the, the man singing this song is dressed in a top hat and a tailcoat. He has. Because he's a doctor. Dr. Terminus, by the way. Dr. Terminus. Um, it really is just an absolute shame that Joey isn't here because literally this is like one of his Why top three God's movies. Name does What's he like he this movie? I find this movie upsetting. It's extremely bad. but And yet I know so much of it. Oh, well, you know how sometimes, you know, when you're growing up, you've got like three VHS tapes and those are your movies? Yeah. <laughs> I had a live action I've got, I've got Jungle Book that was black and white. <laughs> I had probably 10 movie. VHS tapes growing up. One of them was this movie. And <laughs> oh. my brother and I never got like more than 10 minutes into this movie before we said, you know what? We should watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> but you missed the Passam Aquati song. We missed all of it. I don't remember <laughs> any of this they movie because we never watched it all the way through. And it was one of... I just a very small handful that we had. I'm going to sing Pete's Dragon. That's what we're doing. Why? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, is is Joey there and can he sing I've Got a know. Bill of Sale right here? You can, can you? I was, because we started just one verse. Could we just get like just, one Just verse. anything. 
to begging for scraps. Because we, well, we're talking about the song and how it describes. Sounds like you've already moved on. No, no. How does it go? Could you ask how him how it... it goes? Yeah, how does it go? Can you sing it for us? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that off the top of my head. Yes, you do. I don't. I've heard you. Yeah, well, maybe I just like listened to it at that point in time, and I knew it off the top of my head then. You Rev know, on the Let's weekends go. when he Arthur casually Truman pulls it up says, to listen to it for fun. Dragon whiskers, dragon toes, a dragon tooth, and a dragon nose. Every little piece. Every little piece. We could make a million by slicing him, dicing him. Hoagie, we could sell every little shell. <laughs> There's enough of him to go around. Money, money, money by the pound. I'm so I can take a scissor and clip him up, rip him up. Every little part is a work of art. Think of what a dragon heart would bring. Wrapped up in a ribbon and a string. It's important to know that this was also read by uh, the same audiobook reader that read most of the Harry Potter books. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also relevant to this podcast. podcast is about anymore i mean (laughs) who needs the beatles when we have joey singing that shit i don't know but i don't know how i'm gonna follow that with this next chapter (laughs) well while cedric is coming up with his get rich quick scheme we can move on (laughs) to chapter 14 i don't think we can move on how do we move on from this this is the last episode of the pod we've peaked (laughs) Yep, and it's a pity it wasn't 69, but, you know, we're we're doing what we're doing. Execute order 66. (laughs) Also good. Good enough. Still memeable. Good enough to end on. All right, Jenny. (laughs) Chapter 14. Scales. kids it's feeding time at the dragon enclosure today's special is swamp deer these dragons are ready to gorge themselves and lay about in the sun wasting the afternoon away because screw those humans they can't tell a dragon what to do certainly not centara but wait there's some humans trying to tend to that useless malformed silver dragon on the edge of the feeding frenzy and two of them belong to her the audacity uh (laughs) Just when Centara had decided she kind of enjoyed having human attendants cater to her every need, or, well, as best as they could for stupid humans anyway. There's certainly no elderlings. But the younger one was nearly ready to graduate from cosmetology school, and the other one was well on her way to a degree in poetry and flattery from Bingtown University. And, well, dragons aren't at 
all swayed by flattery, but they do enjoy it all the same. Uh, but anyway, she was very much enjoying pitting the poor creatures against each other for her own amusement, and now that they dared to go engage with the mindless silver dragon, so that's just outrageous. And worst of all, uh, Kalo noticed, and he's scolding her for her carelessness and stealing her food and, oh, the humiliation. She, uh, she tries to save face by saying she doesn't need a tender, but Kalo is quick to reply that none of them do, but he certainly won't let anyone take his from him. Besides, he's got the self-proclaimed leader of the humans, and that strengthens his own self-proclaimed leader status, leader of the dragon status. Uh, Centaur thinks he's pitiful, and then they have a food fight until Principal Mercor interrupts them with some <laughs> mediation techniques, which amount to close your eyes and dream of Kelsingra. Kelsingra <laughs> echoes the dragon chorus, and I'm just imagining the Toy Story aliens staring up at the claw. <laughs> Five by Kelsingra. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's enough motivation for them, and they're off on their journey, humans be damned. Speaking of the humans, Thymara, Cedric, and Elise are playing doctor with the silver dragon, despite the fact that none of them went to medical school. Cedric knows precisely enough to secure his slightly less than adequate samples, uh, while the theme song plays. While Thymara and Elise attempt to engage in conversation with the miserable creature, which doesn't go great until he joins in on the Kelsinger chorus and runs off without letting them properly bandage his tail, so now his chances of survival seem low. He also tramples them in the process, so that was nice. Um, Elise begs Cedric to go after him, but he's too sane and protective of his samples to do that. But it doesn't seem like the dragons are stopping, so Leftrin calls Elise and Cedric back to the barge so they can follow the dragons. Cedric is not happy. He just wants to take his precious samples back to Bingtown and on to Chalcid so he can deliver them to the Duke himself and they and get his reward. He just wants his own money so that he and Hest can be equals and they can run away together and live their happy life where no one will care about them and oh Cedric. So of course he gets into a big argument with Elise yet again about how she can't possibly intend to follow through with this fantasy and like pot meat kettle and Elise is all... Are you serious? Of course I'm going. Haven't you gotten that through your head yet? Plus, I've got a contract, and every good trader knows that a contract must be kept. So she basically tells him that he can go home without her, but if uh, if he must. But he realizes that he can't because what would Hess say if he just left his beard of a wife in the rain wild? So that won't (laughs) (laughs) So he has to... He has no choice but to suck it up and run after her in the barge, which is already getting underway. And then it is mailbag time. Uh, more communications from Treehog and Kastrick about the expenses of the dragons. And I feel like the Bingtown Council is just really sick of getting bills all the time. <laughs> um, on a more personal level, Tatosi reaches out to Eric about those peas again and says that the missive has not been delivered and to please resend it, which I assume is just saying that we can continue without interference now <laughs> that the problem was taken care yeah. of. What about them peas? What about them peas? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just oh, have to have a couple they... of notes that are like business. And then they can <laughs> get down to the dirty. I don't know if it's COVID, it can go like from anxiety peas to D nuts. <laughs> the sake is kicking in for Elena as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
not to age myself here, but like <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's pandemic anxiety, but whenever any of the dragons have cut and it could like the water could get in it, I'm like, no. And it's like all I can think of. It's all I concentrate on. It's like what I look for in every scene afterwards. I'm like, did, is there <laughs> is there acid water getting How's into their cuts? Water? What about their what about their buttholes? <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that we need dragon hazmat suits. Yeah, yeah. They can't And apparently they need those like cotton owl wet wipes for when they go <laughs> number dupes. <laughs> Because this bidet has It's like acid when you go water. to the beach and you're expected to just not get salt on yourself somehow. Like, even if you don't go in the water, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I also really enjoy the scene at the end where they're all trampling away. <laughs> I just love it. It's like a little dumb dragon parade. Like, Kalsangra! 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 And of course, all Sedra hears is moo, <laughs> <laughs> or money that is getting away. <laughs> so this chapter reminded me that I hate the dragons again. <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know. I just keep seeing how pathetic they are, and then I love them. Well, it's it's just the the attitude that drives me nuts. Just the like, oh, I was enjoying pitting them against each other, and now they're ignoring me, and I just like I can't have that. Oh my god! If these were Gotta like fully functional big dragons, it would annoy me. But these are pathetic. They for four years they've lived the most <laughs> miserable animal lives. These ones can do whatever they want. I don't know. She's still kind of an asshole. I think if they were people, we'd make we, you know, we would be like, oh, they're traumatized and not socialized correctly, and of course they're all terrible assholes. So I keep trying to tell myself that, even though they have all these memories and like are functionally adults. But but I think I think that like that is the dragon personality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, like ninety like, percent like, of their that would be how she would act the, the successful side of them. So like that is like, that, that is the how way she they would act are. Anyway, that is the way they are, and that's what's interesting about them is because they are clearly like not they're you know they don't have it all together. They are the pimply teenager trying to make it through seventh grade, and they just can't they just can't do it. They they suck so bad, but they they remember being the cool eighth grader. The whole time. Are we like Benjamin buttoning this? Like, how is there? How are they going backwards? I don't know. They're just like surrounded by teenagers, <laughs> so that's the only way I can. Do you think it's going to be like ET and Elliot, where it's like they all feel each other's feelings all the time because they all hang out and probably. The teen, like all the teen angst, will like bleed over into the dragons, and then they're already having food fights and like, yeah, stress. It does stress me out to think about how much they have to feed them. Yeah. So much. Like I can yeah, barely like, keep my plants watered. They're they have to find a wheelbarrow minimum, and now these things are going to be like moving around. It's not like they're just like laying around all day. So they're going to be even hungrier. But like. 
a wheelbarrow I mean, like, when Tintaglia of and uh, what's face Icefire descended upon the wedding it was just like let me eat 17 cattle from this pen yeah, <laughs> like, alright right. we're good now <laughs> well I guess they're gonna eventually have to hunt for themselves somehow they're also yeah, they're also moving animals away survive? from the town so I, I would assume there would be more food yeah, but they're going on like tiny little tributary rivers into nowhere land. Frogs. <laughs> Catfish. Those fuckers get big. Mosquitoes. But like, like the, what the do they call alligators they were, in this? They, they call like... them galators. They're gonna have to get a lot of that. <clears throat> yeah. They were like over hunting the area that they were in and now they're moving out of it, so it might get better. That's true. It'll That's be a, true. Yeah, it'll be a lean few days until they get out of that hunting radius, and then it's gonna open up. Do you think that a swamp deer is just an actual deer that lives in the swamp, or is it another kind of animal? They maybe have, like, Extra a long. wider foot that doesn't sink in the mud, but I think it's just a regular <laughs> A swamp deer. I guess I didn't think about that. I was just picturing a deer, but you're right. What the hell's a swamp deer? Google swan. Is this like an Avatar: The Last Airbender situation where like all the animals half are swan. half <laughs> swamp? <laughs> Just a very slimy deer. It's got a dangly, mossy beard. Oh, the swamp deer are real. No, it's called oh. the barazinga, and it is a deer species distributed in the Indian subcontinent. Are they small and like uh... speckled? They look regular size they look like and normal, a so deer. big <laughs> antler though, but also regular deer have those. So I don't know. Why do we always devolve into looking up animals? Because that's interesting. <laughs> because that's what the whole podcast should be. You're right. These the are most normal looking deer. deer. It's so normal. Oh God! The worst part about googling deer is there's always inevitably photos of assholes who have killed deer. No, that's why you go on child say. <laughs> I didn't know. I, yeah, okay. Okay, so they're eating. That's a good. That's that's really a good meal. I mean, well, there's only like couple, two swamp deer, and the rest is just like rabbits. Yeah, and a couple like dozen of those, bullshit. and one swamp rotting grass. ass pig. Yeah, they're all gonna be real hungry. All right, let's move on to every episode prompts. This be my crew, character introductions and exits. Didn't I guess we've met a few of the new dragons. We got like more descriptors Silver for and them. Copper and Green Queen and Green Queen. <laughs> various metals. If you were a dragon, what color would you want your dragon to be? If you were a dragon keeper, what color? I would want mine to be green. But not like regular lizard green. I'd want it to be like a really cool like emerald green. Iridescent green? Yeah, I don't I wouldn't care Ooh. as long as it's iridescent. Mine would need to be either like a metallic or a jewel color because those those are what's in my palette. My color palette. I want a gray one, like a stealth dragon. Mm. You want I would one like that a looks yellow like dragon. clay. Like yeah. mud, just blends. It's just in. covered in mud. Blends I just in carve a dragon out of mud, and I'm like, this it's is all my about dragon, the kill, guys. not not about the looks. 
just about efficiency. White dragon. This is just gonna be Rachel like shows up late to the <laughs> Rachel shows up late to the mud beach and didn't get a dragon, so she carves one out of yeah. mud. Don't have to feed it. It's cool. Um, <laughs> shady business adventures. Who is being shady? Well, obviously Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> and also that Greft guy. He's shady too. I don't like it. And the fucking uh, Sinead. Like that was some shady <laughs> yeah. shit. Sinead. Yeah. Like, I, I managed cool. to disappear in the fucking tree town for a year, and like nobody heard of me, and there were no rumors. And then I'm just gonna like roll up on your barge, be like. <laughs> that's like Remember it's like me? that part in uh red dead redemption where you like go to camp and then one of the murphrys just comes out of the dark and they're like hey <laughs> there is more overlap with this with red dead redemption than i ever thought there would be so it's <laughs> very interesting um <clears throat> excuse me uh what a tangle what are those dragons doing what aren't they doing flocking they're eating they're swimming they're getting spa treatments Ah, they're getting parasite treatments they're yelling (laughs) they're mooing fighting (laughs) they're they're making bonds with like they're humans chanting (laughs) kelsinga they're they're making their eyes spin they're do they're like they're like being like junior dragons you know like they're they're Mm -hmm. they're flexing their dragony muscles they're manipulating they're just doing the greatest yeah Yeah. so horrible things do we think that because uh thymara was immune do we think that that is a lack of the yeah sorry ash is just crying like crazy do we think that uh that is because thymara has got some immunity to their glamour or do we think that's because they are shitty dragons i think I she's think she immune has to the some glamour. kind of immunity yeah yeah because the least was susceptible to yeah it. yeah i don't even know if rapscal was susceptible or not or if we that can't was just tell. like i think he was you know, bff i think he glamoured himself before he got there <laughs> i love rapscal he's cool um boats why are they great so we saw two different dragons cozy up to the boat we saw one Mm -hmm. go up and give it a little smoocheroo and then one was sleeping with it all cozied up so it's like they're definitely feeling the live shipness of the boat right yeah yeah for sure yeah are they like i want to eat but it's weird because yeah like a normal like tintaglia would probably be like oh that is an abomination whereas these guys are like oh Mom. Well, it's like the serpents would just go up to the live ships and be like, I know you. Right. And so. So is it like they're just because this is like serpent behavior and not dragon behavior? No. Mm-hmm. Also, these are very or deprived maybe... creatures, so they might just find it comforting to be near something that's kind of like them. Yeah. Maybe may, Tarman's maybe talking Tarman. to them. He could be telling them stories. Doesn't have a mind. <laughs> yeah, hard, hard to say if he's like a, 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 awake enough to like want to talk to them or not <laughs> i think he's he's awake enough to glare at people i think he's i think he's solidly like awake yeah probably uh all right i'm gonna i'm gonna end it soon ash okay Does- <laughs> <laughs>
dismantling the patriarchy, yes. badassery, animal husbandry, and expired fashions from Jamelia. Well, we did see, well, she told us that Elise brought split skirts with her, but also she brought a pantaloon ensemble, which I'm very hyped yeah. for. We've got mm-hmm. some uh, very, like, editorial uh, camping looks going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even with Cedric, you know, he's rolling his pant legs, you know. <laughs> they see me rolling. They see him rolling. <laughs> he's hating. But can you think? Can you think of the editorial shot where it's like, you know, like uh, yes. Elise is in 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 her like ridiculously complicated outfit that's somehow rugged, and she's you know out in the mud like talking to a dragon, and then behind her is like some like sad male model who's like carrying a desk with his. <laughs> <you> <laughs> Sad rolled up pants, yeah, and, with like, his rolled up a dirt pants. streak on his face, yeah. And it's like, would Cedric rather be off posing with Greft because he definitely had like a whole like description of him? Oh, yeah, that was yeah. he was so thirsty for Greft, that was weird. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I think I like the scales. Do not fall prey to the leather jacket in 85 degrees, Cedric. <laughs> it's not a bad that smell, that is a you bad know, he'd be smell. into it. <laughs> it's not that cool. He doesn't even have a motorcycle. <laughs> he's a poser um, but yes i can i can totally imagine that like you know haut couture like glamping look and yeah like if i can, yeah yeah dragon um, dragon tea party look safari look we also attempted to dismantle a little bit of patriarchy by uh, asserting our own our own elise's own rights and doing what she <laughs> wants to do instead of what all the men around her want to do and and Leftrin was like super supportive of that. I like it. He's a good yeah. feminist. And Thamara it also told got him money. Gref to fucking shove it when right. he was all like, yep. "Didn't you say you were gonna do that?" She's like, "You don't tell me what to do, <laughs> and you don't tell me what to do, and you don't tell me She's what like, to do." She's like, "Just give me one goddamn second, and I'll do. do everything I said I was gonna do." You jackass. <laughs> Anything else that we want to cover? Very long episode. No. Okay, great. So reminder for next reading section, we've got chapters 15 through 17, and that's the end. What? Do you think that episode will manage to be like not three hours? 17 chapters? These books normally have like 75 chapters. No, it's because we're professionals. (laughs) It's because they're YA books. They have to be shorter. Yeah. All right. Uh, this has been Buckkeep Radio. You can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air. Maybe I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. My name is Alyssa, and I am at alyssameter.com. I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faceless Frey on Instagram. This is Ash, and I'm never going to catch this stink bug. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're also going to do an outro for yourself or if you're only going to do one for Ash. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm Ashley, and you can find me on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena. Okay, next up is spoilers. Spoilers are for hoes. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers by the pound. 
Um, haven't had anything particular to go over. I am wondering what... I'm Well, one, I'm wondering when everyone's going to figure out the Tarman thing, but it'll probably be much later than I want because I just want to talk about the Tarman thing. And I keep trying to, like, put some feelers out there. No one's biting. Which Tarman thing? <laughs> the legs. Oh, the legs. Okay, that's what came to mind immediately. Okay. No, I don't think they're going to figure that out. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's Why hidden. would they think that? It's no reason. The secret boat things. That's supposed to know. You think that that you turned a boat into Howl's moving plank and it has broad <laughs> legs. Baba Yaga's boat. Yep. It's like, oh, there's a mound of dirt in the middle of the river and we can't get around it. It's fine. <laughs> they <laughs> Don't just four wheel right over it. It's like Great. a vacuum cleaner right over a carpet. Beautiful. And then this book ends when Cedric drinks the blood, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Oh my god, I remember that. My ass. Is I'm robbed. trying to think of like you know how like whenever you like you know you're standing on like the edge of like a cliff and you'd be like I could just jump right now or like you have those like I guess they're technically intrusive thoughts but some of them are just more like impulsive because it's not always about jumping to your death or something. It's like I could just reach out and touch that person or take their purse or, yeah. you know. <laughs> a very Twilight New Moon, yes. Right, right. I feel like that's what's happening with, I mean, I know a lot of it is like the dragony magic, but it's like, it's like he just can't help himself. He's like, and now, and now I will drink your blood. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take What risks. are you doing? I'm going to be thirsty doing? for new men. What are you doing though? That's so weird. I'm gonna become a gay dad. <laughs> so much happens with his sh with his very shady, very uh, goat man e new love. He's like basically Leftrin. He's just another Leftrin. <laughs> oh Carson! <laughs> Whenever you say goat man, I think of the Goat Man's Haunted Bridge. What is? You know, oh, it's like this. It's it's a haunted bridge, haunted by a cryptid known as the Goat Man. Oh yes, about. yes. Okay, it's a cryptid thing. Yes. The cryptids are very regional. I do not have an encyclopedic knowledge of cryptids. Oh, okay, just That's like my local cryptids. Yeah. Who's your local cryptid? I don't know. <laughs> there's right. a lizard man in the. There's like a lizard man somewhere in South Carolina. Ooh. What's it called? Oh, and you have story. Champ, I guess, if upstate New York counts. No, it doesn't. I've oh, never okay, been well, you don't have Champ then. I'm sorry. <laughs> I live. I live in the city, and I don't have a car. I've never been there. I don't know who Champ is. Oh, oh yes, the Lake Champlain monster. So the according to the cryptid wiki, the lizard man. Of scape or swamp, Ooh. Um, is a lizard man who lives in uh, I don't know where he lives in Lee County. And I remember there being like you know like everyone when you're in college you have your like keep your whatever town weird and we had those ironic flags and I remember there was, somebody had made a T-shirt or something that was about this lizard man. <laughs> keep Lee County weird. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, 
but that's not what we're talking. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Rainwild has cryptids. I think they are cryptids. I think they so are the cryptids. Cryptids are normal. <laughs> Normalized cryptids. Just a normal man in the mm. woods. My local cryptid, yeah. the Dover Demon. You know, mm. I've heard of that. You've heard of him? Yeah, he's a good boy. He looks kind of weird, but he's well-meaning. I feel. I feel like there are, I mean, that, that one's, like, much better than the than the Lizard Man, because the Lizard Man is just so nondescript. That's not specific enough. So many images come to mind. It's literally, man. like, a Lizard Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, in, like in Spider-Man, or, like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, but wow. smaller and less scary. Oh, he's small? Yeah, he's like a normal human in a, in a lizard suit size. <laughs> just feed him crickets and he goes away. Yeah. Oh. It's precisely if a man put on a lizard suit and walked around, that's how big he is. That's kind of pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's something about that. I remember I was in like the backseat of a car when I was like six, maybe, and like a bug flew into the car and I was like, I could eat the bug. And I wonder if that's <laughs> what made Cedric drink the blood. There's so Other much... than special destiny. Right. And true love. God, it's so YA. <laughs> you know what? I'll just do it. I'll just do it. Fuck the consequences. I'll live forever. It's so good. Lots of times where people get, like, covered in dragon puke and dragon liquids oh when they pull out all the was that happened in the next book yeah in the Mm -hmm. next book when they when they pull out all of those like horrible like lamprey worm things that are oh it reminds me of like what if you've ever grown tomatoes and you get those worms that like latch on to the underneath the leaf, and it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, and that's what I think of. Yeah, it's don't grow tomatoes. I won't. <laughs> you might be fine actually in, in New York City on your. You, have, <laughs> you don't have a porch though, but no, I have a window shelf with a, with four oh. dying houseplants on it, oh. and they're great, and I love them. And Joey yells at me all day. You need to water them. And I'm like, <laughs> Why doesn't he just water them? And then I and then I'm like, you know what? New York is hard. So yeah, their get lives so are much hard. Sun. Yeah, I'm like, it's, they'll be okay. And if they can't hack it, then they can't hack it. And then Joey's like, you are torturing them. <laughs> You're torturing the plants. <laughs> but I only I only water them once a week. I don't want them to get root rot. They're fine. You're doing great. They'll tell you if something's wrong. I don't care. (laughs) Help. You'd be a great dragon keeper. (laughs) This one's mooing. (laughs) I think it's hungry. Take it to the vet. There's no way. Because here's the thing. You know how like, oh, if I, what what fantasy fictional realm would you want to live in? Harry Potter, The Witcher, Wheel of Time. like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Right. Obviously Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's that one. (laughs) But like, let's say you end up in like, you know, Realm of the Elderlings. Ah, shit. 100%. You don't get the skill. No. You don't get the wit. No. You don't, you're not a white prophet. 75. 
percent chance you're forged. Oh yeah, seventy five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like I know for a fact that I will not get any special abilities that allow me to communicate with animals or dragons or other people with my mind. Not gonna happen. Statistically, so. no. Yeah. So I know that they would move. Well, they you'll be Molly it. if you're ever incarnated. Oh. Yep. I'm very bad at candles. I went to, uh, I don't know, it was like a museum when, I, I don't know what museum, it doesn't matter. This sounds a like a where... New England thing already. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in New England though. It was, oh. it was in the Midwest because I am not from New England. Um I'm looking it up because I can't remember. Ah, it was called Greenfield Village. It's part of the Ford Museum, obviously, because I'm from Michigan. So all of the museums are sponsored by Ford. Um, but it's called oh. Greenfield Village. And I think it's very much like, you know, like a C-list colonial Williamsburg or something where you oh, like... Okay people like are reenactors and you can like go look at old tractors and shit and here's Plymouth Rock yes <laughs> right and I remember it's like a living museum experience that like every fourth grader goes to and they made us make candles and it was like the dip kind that were like double sided oh, and, yeah. dip and dip and dip and dip I hated it yeah <laughs> I had to do that as a Girl Scout, and I was pretty thrilled. <laughs> well, see, now you're Molly and I. I'm free. <laughs> you're free to die of childbirth somewhere else. Maybe I'll be Althea. I'll just put on pants. That's oh, all you need to have. That's all you do. The dream. Just put on pants. Um, all right. Well, next, next section, uh, Cedric drinks blood. Mm-hmm. What else will he drink? What will we drink? Find out. I'll make a red drink just Ooh. for the occasion. What what would you besides red wine, what would you put in a red drink? I don't know. I'm sure I got liqueur somewhere over here that's red. I know I can do orange. Might take a little bit of work to get the red. The answer is the blood of a man. Oh the blood of you're right. And I have that. <laughs> yes, you do. It does not actually automatically occur to me to drink someone's blood. <laughs> oh, well, all right. I'll... Mm. I know I was riffing on that, but... <laughs> Maybe you're the cryptid. Are you the demon of Dover? It was me. All right. I will let you go. This is a long episode, and, and they got to hear Joey sing, so they don't need us talking anymore. Really, it's the best episode. You're welcome. I'll play an encore. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Dragon whiskers, dragon toes, a dragon tooth, and a dragon nose. Every little piece, every little piece. We could make a million by slicing him, dicing him, hoagie we could sell. Every little shell, there's enough of him to go around.
Money, money, <laughs> money by the pound. And then it gets more violent. <laughs> I can take a scissor and clip him up, rip him up. Every little part is a work of art. Think of what a dragon heart would bring. Wrapped up in a ribbon and a string. 